We are officially a week away from U.S. Men's National Team Camp in Stanford and five weeks away from the World Cup. This is the SBI Show. I am Garrett Cleverly. With me, as always, is Ivis Galarsep. What's cracking? Nothing much, Garrett. All I know is I just looked at the calendar and I just realized that five weeks from today, I will be boarding the plane to Brazil. Five weeks. Holy crap. Where did the time go? It's almost here. And we're only a week away from the U.S. National Team World Cup camp. It's crazy. I know. When you were telling me before this that the World Cup's five weeks away, I was like, man, I don't know if I'm ready for this yet. I'm more concerned about you because I know you. You have ADD up the wall. You need to start packing ASAP. Uh, I'll be all right. Man. No, I'm, no, you uh, won't. I know you. You're going to be packing the night before. Probably. Probably. I know it's you. Not... That's why I'm trying to give you some friendly advice okay, right here. Uh... You have the worst ADD out of anyone I know. This is true. I do. I do a lot of things at the same time. But no, I'll be. I'll be fine. I'll. I'll. Pro- you know what? I'll probably pack day. I'll probably pack my World Cup stuff well in advance just to get it out of the way. Um. I'll. You know. I'll be coming back from Jacksonville. I'll have a few days to to figure, sort some things out. I actually picked up my Brazilian visa. Mm-hmm. Uh. Just a few days ago. Uh. Yesterday actually. So nice. Got that out of the way. So uh. So I'm ready to roll. It's uh. It's crazy, man. It's crazy. So much going on. Uh, pretty excited for it. Um, you know, we're we're gonna we're gonna do big things. Uh, Gold dot com, SBI, Sony. We're it's we're, blow, we're we're all over the place. We're gonna we're doing some big things at the World Cup. So pretty pumped for it. You left out the SBI show. I mean, SBI show is included in there. Right, that's part of the SBI. Yeah, I'm, I'm just making sure it's because, under the SBI because, conglomerate, the umbrella. I'm just making sure because you know this last month you and I have been busy, and you know I, I think we've been slacking on shows. You know, so I'm just making sure everything's good, Ivis. Yeah, man. We're you know, SBIs is still we'll still do our thing. Maybe we'll start doing shorter shows and, and doing doing them more often. Maybe try to do little little uh, hits where when and where we can. Uh, I yeah, think yeah. that might be a good way to do it. Uh, once once I'm in Brazil, because you never know. Once you get you know, once I'm in Brazil, who knows how internet's gonna be? It's gonna be crazy. So you know, it, it'll be fun. Yeah. We'll, we'll get we'll get we'll you know we'll get it done. We'll find a way. I definitely agree. Uh, well, Ivis, as you mentioned. Things are going to be crazy. This show, since we haven't had a show in a few days, lots to talk about. we got European soccer. Lots to talk about on the Americans abroad front. I mean, if we can, of course, we have to go another SBI show and talk MLS stadium issues. That seems to be a recurring theme over the last, I don't know, what, eight shows or something like that. But we got to lead it off with MLS Week 9. Tons to talk about. Almost every game had a big storyline. The first game I'm looking at, Real Salt Lake, Chicago Fire, RSL somehow comes back from three goals. Jao Plata, who, as everyone should know, I love, absolutely leads the charge for RSL. And they come back, and, I mean, Chicago just left wondering what happened in the last 20 minutes of this match. It's unbelievable, to be honest with you. I mean, in a way, it is believable, but at the same time, as you're watching that game and, uh, you know, they put the second one in and you and, and you realize it's 2-0 Chicago, they're finally going to get that first win. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, you know what? Real Salt Lake answered right back, and they had some really good chances in that first half. And Sean Johnson was able to keep keep him out with some really unbelievable saves. Yep. And I think, if anything, that kind of set the tone, and it, it let RSL know that they were already back in that game. They just needed the breakthrough. And the fire defense just really melted down at the end. Uh, they couldn't deal with Jao Plata. Uh, he, he's, such a, he's such a handful, especially against slow defenses yeah. in Chicago, as we know. Chicago has really slow defense, and they couldn't cope with him, and, and he, he tore him up. Him and Alvaro Sabarillo, 
just, you know, they combined to absolutely destroy the, the, that fire defense with three goals in that last 20 minutes. And it, it just shows you the kind of years they're having. The the fire can't win and the and RSL can't lose. Well, also, Joel Plata, I mean, he, he's one of the best players just finding empty space. And that's what he did in this match. He did it with the first goal for a pass from Javier Morales and the second goal. I mean, how you don't defend him on the back, maybe you don't expect Plata to be on the back post to hammer one in. But for Real, so, like, they continue... Uh, their undefeated streak to the last team in the league that's still undefeated. But the Chicago Fire, Ivis, I mean, you know, after going six games in a row without a, you know, with a draw, and now they lose this one. Uh, I mean, obviously, no, no cause for concern, but, you know, kind of, you know, a little step back from last year. I mean, Chicago kind of needs to start to get some go- things going right here. And as we've talked about all year, I mean, it's going to start with their defense. They, they need to figure something out with that ASAP. Well, I said it when they made the move and they traded away Austin Berry. I thought that the comp- that settling on the combination of John Kennedy Hurtado and Baki Sumari was a risky move because you know I don't think either of them is that mobile. Uh, I don't, you know Hurtado's not as quick as he was a few years ago, and, and Baki Sumari clearly looks a step slower than he used to be. And, and I don't know if that's a product of the the knee injuries that he's had, uh, the surgeries that he's had. Um, but I think either one of them paired with a quicker center back would be a much better option for the fire but they settled on those two and i think that tandem has been exposed on more than one occasion during this run now that they've had uh we're talking eight matches they're oh two and six and yes they've only had two losses and and when you think about it the two games that they lost i mean they were in those games the chivas usa game that that they Mm -hmm. that was a that was a good game uh and then obviously the, the rsl game they had it in their hands and then they let it go so from the standpoint of them being competitive and being in every single game you can you can kind of make that argument and say, well, they've been right in there. They've been right in those games. They could have won the Union game if they if they had uh, scored the penalty in stoppage time. So they're knocking on the door, but they're they're, they're missing something there. And for me, I still think I think they need to go sign uh, a big a big impact player. I think they need to go get a designated player. I think they're missing that right now. And you know who is it going to be too little too late when it, if and when it happens in the summer? And that's the, that's the big thing right now. They're digging themselves a bit of a hole. And again, it's MLS, and, and you're never too far away. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, as it stands right now, they are five points out uh, of a playoff spot. So it's not you know, it's not the end of the world just yet, but they, you know what, they need to start turning things around pretty quick. And, and Frank Gallup, he's got to make some decisions about that defense because that defense is doing them no favors. Yeah, well, I, the other thing, too, is going into this year, as much as Mike McGee is a fabulous player, I mean, as he's the reigning MVP, there's no way what he was going to do this. You know, there's no way he was going to repeat his 2013 season. And, and oh yeah, know, and, and, right. and maybe Chicago. I mean, obviously that. I mean, that's painfully obvious. I mean, I, I mean, I guess maybe you and I talked about that like, going into the season. But I mean, Chicago, one of those teams. As we've said, if you don't make any moves in the off season, you're going to take a step back. That's just the way it works. Right, and I, I mean, I think you know it's funny because when they shook their defense up, they they traded away Jalilani Baba, traded away Austin Barry. And you know, for me, I don't. I, you know, I thought those that group, even though Jalilani Bob wasn't really a right back. I mean, I think they did okay as a group, and I don't think they got better. I don't think going going from Anibaba at right back and Austin Berry at center back to uh, Lavelle Palmer and John Kennedy Tato. I don't know if that's an upgrade. I don't know if they improved. So if you, if you if you got worse in the back, and then you really didn't add any pieces up front. I mean, obviously Harrison Ship's been a great find for them. Quincy and Marquez really stepped it up for them, but and then obviously Benji Hoya has come in, and, and, you, and you like you like some of the things that he he's mm-hmm. been able to do, but they they needed they needed to go get another big time player, and they didn't do it. And here's the thing that's scary: 
They're 0-2-6. They still haven't won a game. Now listen to this stretch of games that they have coming up. New York Red Bulls, Sporting Kansas City, Columbus Crew, LA Galaxy, Colorado Rapids, Seattle Sounders, Toronto FC, Sporting Kansas City, New England Revolution. I mean, look at that run of games. I mean, that there isn't an easy game in there. And even after that, you're going to go up against the Philadelphia Union team that isn't really a pushover either. So, I mean, mm. it, it, it's it's. I mean, yeah. Once you get past, mm. you're two, being four, too nice. You're being way six, too nice eight. to that Union team right I now. I like Ivis. the Union better than the Fire. I'd, I'd rather be the Union than the Fire right now. I tell you that, based on the teams that they have in the soccer they play, I would better rather be the Union. I would. If you ask me, I can coach one of those teams. I'm coaching the Fire. I'm sorry, I'm coaching the Union. Yeah, there you go. But let's see. So two, four. That's two, four, six, eight, nine games. Not a nine-game stretch over the course of the next two months. That is brutal. And they don't have a win yet. I don't know how well they're going to do it during that stretch. But I tell you what, if they don't turn some things around, I don't know if Yallop survives that that stretch because that's a brutal stretch. And you know what? I'm going to go out on a limb right now and say if things get really, really ugly, you could see by the All Star break. C.J. Brown, head coach of the Chicago. Ooh, I'm just saying. I just, I just, I, I don't. Uh, you know what they? And again, re- results have to matter at a certain point. It can't be enough to be in these games, tie these games here and there. At a certain point, you need that. You need to be able to stop the bleeding. And now they've put themselves in a position where there's no easy. There's no easy games now. They, they, this next run of nine games. I mean, when you think about that list of games. What's the game in there that you think you can win? Colorado on the road on the Fourth of July. Mm, I don't know about that one. Uh, New England, you know, like I don't, I don't know which of those games they're going to win. So it, it, it's not looking good. Next the week, right the, the, next week versus New York, they'll win that one. They'll win in New York. Uh, <laughs> well, considering what happened the last time they came to New York, I'm not going to put a lot of money on that one. Yeah, maybe we could see, yeah. uh, maybe we could see CJ Brown bring a little bit of a RSL mix over to Chicago Fire. Probably not, but. Uh, I, I, like I said, I think Yellow, <laughs> if they don't turn things around, if, if they don't, you know, I don't know what they're going to do because, like I said, their issues are pretty clear. Defensively, they have issues, and they're still, I think they need one more big weapon in the attack. And, and, and without that, I think they're going to follow. I think this next run of games is going to be real brutal for them. Yallop might not make it to might not make it to the All Star break. I agree. Uh, well, Ivis, another game this weekend. Uh, I think you and I both picked Toronto in this one due to the fact that Toronto had Michael Bradley back in this game. Uh, Toronto also had uh, you know Dwayne. Uh, I'm sorry, Jermaine Defoe. Almost butchered the name right there. But New England goes out and just lays some wood on Toronto, defeats them uh, two to one. But New England Lee win all over Toronto FC. I mean, what an impressive result for the New England Revolution. I don't know about laid wood. They played a good game. Credit to them. They go on the road. They they stayed organized. They stayed tough. I mean, Toronto had a lot of the ball, but it came down to two young players who had who were on opposite ends of the spectrum performance-wise. On the positive end, you had Patrick Mullins, who had an outstanding game. His sec only his second start. He's been injured, uh, so he hasn't been playing that much for New England. But he gets his second start. Has an outstanding game. And on the opposite end of that, you had Daniil Henry, the Toronto, the young Toronto FC. Uh, defender, the young Canadian, and he just had a shocker. So, uh, you know, for those who missed it, Mullins had scored his first professional goal, beautiful left-footed strike, and then he also drew the penalty on the game-winning goal, which happened to be a handball on Daniil Henry in the penalty area because he had his arm clearly raised and it hit him in the underside of the arm. Mm-hmm. Pen- and and on the first goal, on, on Mullins' beautiful goal, it started with a Daniil Henry turnover 
that Lee Wynn quickly got to Mullins and Mullins blasted it home. So uh, it came right down to that. But, you know, it isn't just down to Mullins and Lee Wynn. They both were outstanding. It was a real team effort. Andy Dorman, as many times mm-hmm. as I say, I don't think he's a defensive midfielder. He held his own in this game, especially considering the matchup. When you want to talk about Michael Bradley and having to deal with Toronto FC in the middle, he held his own there. And then their back line played really well. AJ Swords and Andrew and uh, Andrew Farrell were really solid and really did well to keep Jermaine Defoe and, and and their attack from from really having dangerous chances. You know, the one thing that I did find funny after this game was was everyone kept talking about Lee Wynn and everyone's like, oh, when's he get his call up and blah blah blah. It's so funny. It's just it's I always find funny. I was throughout the year certain games people just recognize certain players, but I mean, if you watch New England every single week, I mean, you know the impact that Lee Wynn and what he does for New England to make their attack work. Lee Wynn's a nice player. But no, he is not. He is not someone that the national team is missing. I just want to put that out there. Nothing against Lee Wynn. Uh, I think he's done really well for them. A great find for them uh, off the scrap heap when he got run out of uh, was, was he run out of Vancouver, I believe. Mm-hmm. But the, the issue, just talking about the national team and the international competition and the international level, Lee Wynn, from a defensive standpoint, uh, for, for being someone that you can count on as a winger. That's going to get up and down the field. That's going to handle handle the defensive duties. That's going to have the work rate. He's a little bit. He gets away with with being lazy at times. Like he picks his spots. He's very good at picking his spots, getting in getting into the attack. But as someone who's got the engine to to for the international game, he he doesn't have that. I don't think he has that. His he's defending is not the best either. Right. He's got the skill, but he's a bit of a liability. I mean, he could he could you bring him off the bench and when you need a little attack? Uh, well, I feel, but I feel like then you can make that case for about five to uh, ten other guys, you know? Exactly. I mean, you can say that for Betty Felhaber. I feel like you can make the same argument for him. Right. Uh, no, but you know what? Bell, Benny Felhaber has gotten better uh, as a two-way player. But we're talking about Lee Wynn, and that's the issue with Lee Wynn. And, pe- and that's the thing. People can't just look at MLS production and say, oh, well, hey, look at how, he's, how well he's doing here. Why he would do the same on the international level. It doesn't work that way. Um, you know, so from that standpoint, not to like crap only win too much. He had a great game, great week. He was a big key to this win. But for those who are asking or have been curious about the whole national team thing, you know, he's not getting snubbed when it comes down to it. He's not really a good fit for the national team. Not yet anyway, until he shows that he can be that kind of reliable two way player that gets up and down the field, Mm -hmm. covers ground all over the place. Like Graham Zussi. I mean, Graham Zussi has that. Graham Zussi has that kind of engine that he's all over the field that he can he can cover from end line to end line like that. Like he has that. Lee Wynn does not have that. I agree. Uh, well, I was moving over to the West Coast Portland Timbers. You've been picking them for nine weeks straight. They finally got a victory <laughs> at the very end. Maximiliano Rotti with the match winner four minutes into stoppage time. And uh, congratulations, Ivis. You stuck to your guns. Portland finally wins. So I guess you could pat yourself on the back for that <laughs> well what's funny is apparently i've picked portland every week and i picked dc to lose every week so it was kind of like a converging of uh <laughs> you know so so it was like i know, you, know, you I, hate you hate dc what, what's your problem man why do you hate dc that much <laughs> i don't hate them yes you I'm do you every week on them. i'm not sold on them what do you want me to tell you i don't know i'm just saying it's it they did have a good game in this one though but portland was the better team and, and hopefully for portland ivis i mean hopefully this is the spark that gets things going for them I think there were definitely some positive signs from this game, and I think I think you know Caleb Porter can look at this match and and feel good about seeing a guy like Diego Valeri step up his game, a guy like Footy Danzo step up his game, Gaston Fernandez scoring a really really quality goal. 
uh, for them. They, you know, they, they put a lot of things together in this game. I mean, there's still some question marks. There's still some issues there defensively that they could tighten up. Um, but then, you know, when you look at the, you know, that Davy no goal, I mean, it's it takes a deflection, a long range shot. What can you do about that? So it, it's a little tough. But I tell you what, this could be the game that sparks them, uh, sparks the Portland Timbers. I, I've been saying it for a while. They've been knocking on the door, and they absolutely, they absolutely needed this one because they, I tell you, they got an interesting stretch of games coming up now. They play the LA Galaxy, and we get the old Caleb Porter Bruce Arena uh, battle, and then after that, they go Columbus. Uh, and then they go to the New York Red Bulls. So that's a that's a pretty uh, tough trio of games for them. And, and I think they needed that win to instill some confidence in them. And, and and you can tell by the way they reacted how much of how much pressure they were able to take off themselves because mm-hmm. that pressure was building week after week, uh, not getting wins, especially at home when you're at Providence Park and you got the crazy crowd there. You want to win for them. And credit to the uh, you know to, to, for most of the fans in Portland, like they were still behind them all the way. Uh, there was no, you know, kind of like you didn't get that sense there at the game that the, that the team that the, the fans had grown tired. The fans were still in it, and they and they and they pushed them, and they gave them they gave them the support they needed for this game mm-hmm. and for this win. And, and we'll see, we'll see what happens now. The LA won't be an easy game on Sunday, uh, but I think they go in there with a lot more confidence, and I really like their chances to start turning things around. Yeah, and for Portland, I mean, you had to look this as like a you know complete one eighty because you're right. I mean, the Davier no goal was insane. And then the footy Danzo own goal. I mean, uh, Portland, you must be thinking like, oh, God, can nothing go right for us this season? But, I mean, Rody to, to pull that out at the very end. The one thing uh, from this game is Eddie Johnson, I was still out with an injury. What's the latest on that? Well, that's a good question. You know, the way MLS is with the injuries, it's like you, know, you can never get a straight answer. Teams are not really forthcoming. You get a lot of teams kind of hiding injuries or, or downplaying injuries that turn out to be serious. So who knows for sure? But I can tell you what, it's not a good sign that he didn't even play or dress in this game. And, and you know, it's you wonder how much of that is the turf that they want to keep him off the turf, mm-hmm. even though Portland's turf is supposed to be the best in the league. So, mm. you know, was it was it that or was it that he had a hamstring? Um, so, it, you know what? The clock's ticking right now. I mean, he only has a week to go before the camp, the, the, the U.S. national team camp starts. And if his injury is worse than 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 we're being led, uh, led to believe, that's horrible timing for Eddie Johnson and he could absolutely end up being on the outside looking in uh for this camp and for the World Cup. The uh the turf at my uh, local indoor is also the best in the league too, so yeah. Settle down. <laughs> uh Ivis New York is on a tear. Actually you could say Bradley Wright Phillips is on a tear. They defeated FC Dallas one to zero. Uh you know what the rule of thumb it seems like this year in, in, in 2014 MLS world is if you get a red card you're going to lose FC Dallas Javon Watson red card in the 10th minute it took uh, New York just a little over an hour but Bradley Wright Phillips who's I mean on fire I mean he, he might be more on fire than Clint Dempsey right now he scored the goal for New York we said this is going to be a difficult one for Dallas with all the players uh, that they're missing in this one but I mean New York Ivis they're just they're just chalking up the wins right now. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if I want to say they're on fire because, to, to, honestly, no, with you, no, I, mean, I said Bradley Wright Phillips is on fire. Right, well, right, well, he's on as fire. Far, as far as New York goes, though, this wasn't exactly the, like like a you know like a, a testament to their greatness. It wasn't a great game for them by any means. Uh, I, if anything, I'd argue Dallas was the better team, even though they were a man down, and and that's New York's not going to care. They got three road points, and and in this league, that's all that matters. If you can get road points, doesn't matter if you win pretty, you win ugly. Things obviously worked out in their favor when Javon Watson decides to go all Jackie Chan on Tim Cahill's groin. Uh, you know who knows what what that what was going on in that in that play. He, he kind of lost his mind a little bit. 
Um, but you know what? I'd tell you what. New York, they're going to love the three points. Bradley Ray Phillips is still red hot. Uh, they're feeling good about the, that win. But FC Dallas, you know, you got to say, considering how bad, how badly they were destroyed by DC United playing a man down, the way they competed and the way they battled in this game in 90-plus degree heat, a man down against the Red Bulls, and really had, like, took it to them. And if Blas Perez scores that penalty kick, you're talking a whole different tune. Uh, you know, they. Uh, it's the kind of game, even though they lost, it's the kind of game I think Oscar Pereja can use to rally the troops. Because at this point, we don't know what the status is with Mauro Diaz because that's, a, again, another injury. You know, the, the team's not being completely forthcoming. Uh, it, you know, the, 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 you had the rumors of, of him being out for the year or him being out for an extended period of time. So, you know what, if they're missing him for quite some time, I mean, that really is a huge blow for them. But this is the kind of game that can instill confidence in the rest of the group. And you know what? FC Dallas, even though they lost, I think they could end up coming away uh, with a lot of positives from this this match. No, I, I think you can definitely agree. I, and I think and you're right. I, I do also want to point out the yes. referee didn't have the referee did not have a great game in this one. And oh, why you got a dog on the well, referee? Was, well, Stop well, it. well, he missed a clear penalty. Fabian Castillo absolutely fouled in the penalty area. So FC Dallas fans do have a gripe, even though it was funny because it always works out this way. When a referee makes a, a ba- like, first of all, the red, so the red card happens, right? And obviously the fans at the stadium, they don't know exactly what happened. They didn't see. So they already assuming it wasn't legit red, even though everyone in the world will agree it was a legit red. And then the Fabian Castillo penalty happens. And that, that one he missed, and that should have been a penalty. But then from then on, every single call that didn't go Dallas's way. The fans were going nuts. The team was going nuts. I think it. I think the players let it get in their heads a little bit. Um, but you know what? I feel the referee. Uh, he didn't have as bad a game as maybe some people thought. But but that that missed penalty call was huge on Fabio Castillo. No doubt about it. You're right. Uh, heading over to another game in the Cascadia region. Ivis Seattle Sounders Philadelphia Union. Two teams going in two complete opposite directions. Sounders defeating them two to one. They're now on a four match, four four wins in a row. Uh, Philadelphia is now on an eight match winless uh, streak. John, I mean John Hackworth is now coaching for his job. Uh, but I mean some pauses from this game once again for Seattle. Obafe Martins with the goal. Chad Marshall, who's having a money year for Seattle, uh, with the match winner for them in this one. And I mean Seattle, Ivis, everything is just going their way right now. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it just it was just funny. You know, the, the way that game started, when Philly goes up a goal, you're like thinking, uh-oh, maybe Philly's finally going to have things break their way. And then all of a sudden, it was like a repeat of – it's like you're watching the same movie over again. You know, they take a lead, they blow it, they find a way to lose. And it, 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 and it's just – you got to feel for Union fans at this point because it's like almost it, – it's almost more painful to have the kind of team that you look at and you watch play and you think, wow, this team can win games, should win games, is good enough to win games, but it's finding painful ways to lose. It's almost worse to do that than to have a team that you just know is bad and is just going to lose because they're bad. So it's like, uh, you know, I, I, I wouldn't want to be a Union fan right now. Let's just put it that way. And I wouldn't want to be John Hackworth either because, you know, you got if you're a Hackworth, you're, you're trying all these different uh, lineups. You're trying these. You're trying to figure things out. You're trying to get the answer, trying to break this spell, the skid. And and it just uh, it keep they, your team keeps finding new ways to lose, 
And I tell you, who I feel for. I really feel for Zach McMath because the guy is, is is it's overlooked because of how bad the Union have been results wise. But Zach McMath is having himself a hell of a year. I mean, the guy has saved three straight penalties. He saved another one. He saved Osvaldo Alonso's penalty. Really good save. It wasn't like it was a terrible penalty down the middle. It was he had to make a really good diving save to stop it. But you know what? It gets forgotten because Philly again breakdowns defensively cost them at the worst possible times. And and I, and like I said last week, this stretch of games is going to be the make or break for them. They have DC at home this weekend, and they must and I mean must win that game. I can tell you right now that's a rivalry game. You've got a lot of Union fans who used to be DC fans. You've got DC being only two hours away. You know their fans are going to travel. You know they're going to have a large contingent of fans at this game. The Union have to win that game and not to get ahead of ourselves with the previewing of the games of next weekend. But I think it goes without saying, if they don't win that game, uh, we might have there might be a new Union coach by Monday. I mean, it could that it could it could be down to that. And that's how and, and, and that's just how it goes. And, and, you know, coming into this year, if when you if you made a list of coaches who were going to who had the most pressure on them to perform, mm-hmm. Hackworth was already near the top of that list. Now you throw on an eight match winless streak, you throw in one win in 10. Uh, th- th- it's make or break. And, and now we're going to see how this union team responds, because, you know what, if if they're real, if they really want him to be their coach, if he if he's someone that ha- has the, 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 the pulse of this team, they're going to play. They're going to put out a, a performance to show that. And if they don't and if they lose, they will. have. I, I just think I got I have a sense they're going to have a new coach by Monday. Yeah, you have to wonder just kind of what the mentality of the players is, because, I mean, most of I mean it's just mental mistake after mental mistake after mental mistake. You know, I mean, it's 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 self-inflicting wounds. It's not that the union are being outplayed or the union are being outcoached. It just seems every single week there just seems to be one glaring issue, and, and that's the reason why they lose. And I don't know, man. Maybe it's going to take a new coach or maybe the – I don't know, man. Union, they're, they're just a mess right now. They, they need – I don't know. They need maybe they like need a, a coming to Jesus a, moment, or they need like a camp retreat to to get on the same they, page. You know what? A, a, a win winning cures a lot of things, and if they beat DC United, that will ease which is not going to be easy. No, it's not going to be easy. I think they can. I think I absolutely think they can. Um, if they win that game, that's going to ease a lot of pressure off of I think uh, Hackworth and and the team because I think. Once they they can relax a little bit because they're pressing now. At this point, they're pressing because you know what once. Once you get into a winless streak, four, five, six, you're feeling it. You're absolutely feeling it. And you can look at Portland and the way they reacted after that win, you would have thought they won the title because there was so much pressure built up on the Timbers uh, through their winless streak that they they were desperate, desperate, desperate for three points. And the Union are in the same situation. If they get this win against D.C., I think the pressure comes off, and I think maybe they can start – playing better they can start kind of limiting the mistakes but if they don't win that game against dc i mean i, I who know i mean i don't know what's going to take them to salvage their season because i think at that point you're you're hitting you're hitting you're hitting a serious skid uh we've already talked about the run the schedule that they have because this dc game you want to talk about games that could potentially win i mean after dc you got kc you got new england you got the galaxy i mean there's no you know there's not any uh not any easy shakes there so this is the game for them to win and if they don't win that game, I'm telling you, they, I, I think they, they, they could absolutely have a new coach by that Monday because they play Kansas City next Wednesday. Mm-hmm. So 
So there you go. Uh, sport, well, speaking of Kansas City, Ivis, they received their championship rings this past weekend before hosting the Columbus Crew, uh, and they defeated them 2-0. to zero. Columbus, slow start, second half, much more improved. But, I mean, you talk about an uh, impressive performance from Sporting Kansas City goalkeeper Eric Kronberg, who just played lights out, shut down the Columbus Crew uh, in this one. And uh, Sporting Kansas City, man, 2-0 victory. Yeah, they're they're back to you know they they did well and and you know you got, again credit to Peter Vermees, um, it, you know they didn't have Aurelian Cullen, Ico is injured. You figured what were they going to do defensively? He plugs in Lawrence Olam, and Olam does a great job. He he does a great job for them. And then their attack once again, Graham Zusi, Benny Philharbor, getting the job done. And uh, you know what they they look once again, you know is it flashy? Are they running up the score? Are they looking as unstoppable as Seattle has looked over the past month? No, but they they get the fundamentals down and, and you know they they stay organized defensively. You get Matt Beesler locking things down in the back. You get Zussi and Failhaber creating. And, and they're, they're, for me, they're still the top team in the East. They will be, I think, when it's all said and done. And it, it, it was a good matchup. You had Columbus, who's kind of that upstart team mm-hmm. that is trying to break in there, trying to challenge the likes of KC in New York and, and even New England. Uh, and you know, not that Columbus was terrible. Columbus was, you know, they were in it. There was a, they, they had a good fight there. It was one nil, and then obviously the, the the insurance goal very late. Uh, but it was a good matchup, and I really liked why you, you had to. If you, as a neutral observer, you watch this game, you're like, you know, this is a pretty good game. You know, you, as far as stylistically, you know, Columbus is really trying to be a possession team, and KC likes to press. It was a good matchup, and and you know, I think we're going to see these teams really battle throughout the year. Uh, I was another team, Colorado Rapids, defeated. Oh, did I say it wrong? Kronberg? Oh, that's what I say, Kronberg? And you're exactly right, man. That's what Sporting Kansas City does. They do it quietly. They win games. RSL does that too. Amazing how those two teams the last couple years just always are right there. They just do it without flash. They just do the job. Ivis, Colorado Rapids coming off a big loss, defeated LA Galaxy 1-0. Vasante Sanchez with the goal in this one. Colorado all over the LA Galaxy, who was well-rested. Ivis, what was up with the Galaxy in this game? They came out flat. <laughs> There's no other way to say it. They came out flat. Maybe they were too rested. Maybe maybe they were like, you know, you, you know, you, when you kind of take a nap and you get up and you're like, you're still tired. Like, it, it's almost like that. Like, they came, they, even though they got all the rest in the world, they look tired. They look flat. They look, and you know what? Obviously, altitude, altitude plays a part. <laughs> you almost said outdoor right there. I, th- I said altitude. <laughs> I said altitude. <laughs> I thought like, you were saying altitude. Yeah. <laughs> nah, yeah. Altitude, altitude. <laughs> I said it again. There it is. I'm drunk. You know what? It's not easy playing at Dick Sporting Goods Park. Uh, The altitude causes problems, and 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 if you're you know if your fitness isn't all the way there, um, you're gonna feel it. And I and 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 not to make excuses for LA because as talented as they are, there's never an excuse for them. But they've had this funky scheduling that's given them all these bye weeks, and I really think that's messed with the continuity. And, and and you know getting into a rhythm for them and look not to take credit away from Colorado you got to give Colorado credit they played mm-hmm. in the same atmosphere obviously they're at home they're they're they're, they're accustomed to to the altitude so it wasn't that much an issue for them but they still had to play they still had to shut down Keane and Donovan and they got the job done you know Clint Irwin did well in goal I thought their defense did mm-hmm. well defense uh, defense was money in this game 
Chris Clute playing right back and looking pretty good at right back. I, I got to say, I thought that, you know, everyone just kind of assumes, oh, he's left footed, he's left back, blah, blah, blah. But he's actually, apparently he's not left footed. Apparently he's right footed, but he can use le- the left foot as well. Like he's pretty balanced with the feet. So, but he looked at it right back, Drew Moore at center back. And, mm-hmm. and you know, Drew Moore had himself a heck of a game as well, uh, even with the phantom penalty call because Rob, oh, the God. Act- Rob, the Canadian diver friend, decides to do the whole, I got kicked in the face, only I really didn't move and actually conned his way into a penalty. And, and, and Robbie Keane shockingly misses it. But again, as we love to say, ball don't lie. And, uh, you know, they didn't really deserve the penalty and, and they end up missing it. So you, you like to see that. Yeah, Rob Friend, because we know you listen to the show, cut it out. Just stop it. I think that's about like the fifth dive I've seen him do this year already. Yeah, I think I don't know where he picked that up, but uh, he needs to cut it out. Yeah, Colorado's defense, as you said, outstanding. Drew Moore, Chris Clute, putting his name out there for that right back conversation. Ivis. Nah, it's a, it's, a, <laughs> it's, it's a little early. It's a little I know. Early. I'm kidding, everyone. Just relax. Uh, some other things from this game, though. Omar Gonzalez picked up an injury. Uh, it looks like he sh- he should be fine for the World Cup. Also, some bad news though for Colorado. Uh, Sanchez out four to six weeks after this match. Well, I think well for Colorado, obviously Sanchez, you know that hurts. But I mean, they're so deep; mm-hmm. they have so many options that I, you know, I don't know any one player injury uh, hurts them all that much because they've got they've had so many good options all over the place. I mean, I think for me, Dylan Powers is, is the most important player they have. I think when he's on the field, he's he makes all he makes all the difference for them. As far as the Omar Gonzalez injury, he was taken off at halftime. It was it was called a precautionary move in that there was a minor knee injury. And there just doesn't seem to be a lot of information. All we're getting is Bruce Arena saying it shouldn't be serious. It should be a short-term thing. Now, it went from it's nothing to now it's a short-term thing. And they're just trying to play it safe because it's the World Cup year. And you can understand that, absolutely. But you wonder how serious it is. Is he going to miss the World Cup? It doesn't sound like it. It sounds like he'll be back. And, um, you know, it's – who knows? Maybe it's – you kind of – it's unfortunate – Obviously, any injury is unfortunate, but it's unfortunate for him because, you know, he hasn't had – they haven't had a ton of games. They, they've played, what, five games before that one? That, that was their sixth game, and, and he came off at halftime. So, you know, you, you know, if you're here in Klinsman, you would like to have seen him have a better run of games going into the camp. And now you figure, is he even going to play in the next game against Portland? So if they don't have him against Portland – uh, LA is going to, you know, they could have a tough time there. And, and, you know, all of a sudden Omar Gonzalez goes into the camp not having played a ton of games. And, and, and he's the guy who we already have been talking about not being in the best of form. So that's going to make for interesting battling for that center back position, that starting center back position. I mean, he's going to be on the team if he's healthy. I don't have any doubts about that. But as far as the starting job, I think, I think it could definitely be up for grabs, the, the starting center back spot next to Matt Beasler. Uh, the Vancouver Whitecaps defeated the San Jose Earthquakes, excuse me, uh, three to two uh, in this one. Even though the score looks close, Vancouver was all over San Jose in this one. Uh, Kikuta Mane with the opening goal. Pedro Morales had a brace in this game, one off a PK, then he scored like literally like thirty seconds later after he's hit the PK. Uh, Chris Wondolowski did have a brace in this one, earned a PK, then then a late stoppage time goal. But uh, Vancouver, though, at home, I mean, San Jose looked like they were, I mean, barely breathing at the end of this match. But uh, but Vancouver, though, I, I guess you could say a, a big victory at home for them over San Jose. Yeah, you you gotta like the weapons that Vancouver has. I mean, they have the skill of Pedro Morales, and then they have the speed of Kikuta Mane, who's just so so dangerous. 
and uh, you know they're 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 an inter- interesting team because I feel like they're not getting a lot of there's not a lot of buzz about them uh, early on in the season. And obviously, Carl Robinson when he took over, there was the big question marks was how what, how would he do on the job? How would he put that team together? And I tell you what, man, I think they're with their defense looking really solid. And with their attack looking so dangerous, mm-hmm. they're going to be a handful. They're going to be a handful in the West. And as we know now, as as the news came out uh, on Monday that, over the weekend, uh, that Kenny Miller has left the uh, the Whitecaps. They've they've parted ways. He's moving on now. And, and and you know while it's sad to see him go, I mean he I think he did some good things at Vancouver. I think it is time to turn the page because they have obviously some really talented young forwards on that team. Uh, so I don't know how much they're going to miss him. I mean I think they'll miss. Having that kind of veteran in the in the locker room and that kind of target presence that he brought to the table, but I think they have so many young attacking weapons that you know what they're going to be all right. I think Vancouver's going to be just fine without Kenny Miller as a replacement, though for DP. Uh, I mean, who, who do you think Vancouver should look at to bring in any names, Ivis? Positions? Oh, settle down. Come on, it's Ivis. Early. What are you hearing? It, I haven't heard anything. There's nothing necessarily happening. I mean, that like I said, I mean, I think they're, they've got they've got a pretty good group group there as it is. So I mean, I, you know, obviously every team can use more. Every every MLS team could use another star player. So uh, they don't need a playmaker. Morales is looking like the real deal there. Could they go get themselves a winger possibly? You know, like a a, a dangerous uh, DP type winger. I think that's a possibility as well. So you know what? I don't know how much money they. I don't know if they're gonna go get another DP. But even if they don't. I think the team they have, as constituted already, yep. is, pretty, is pretty good. I agree, especially with the way Darren Maddox is playing this year. He's having an outstanding year for the Vancouver Whitecaps. And yeah, we've been talking about it for a long time. He's a guy that needs to step up, definitely stepping up this year for them. Uh, in the final game of the weekend, Houston defeated Chivas USA 4-1 to one all over them in this one. And for Houston, Chivas USA was just what the doctor ordered. This was ugly. This was, uh, this was definitely one of those games where you're like, Oh man, I must. Why am I watching this game? And oh, I, that's mean, mean. Because Houston fans wanted to watch the game. Obviously, you. Hey, obviously, Houston fans love watching that game. I can't imagine any neutrals other than maybe really hardcore fantasy MLS players were watching that game. Well, they're but watching it what, for they're watching it for Eric Torres. That's why they're watching the game. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I know Torres is scoring goals, but I don't know if you want him in your lineup. Um, but no, look, Houston mm-hmm. tore him up. The Chiefs USA just looks a mess. They look a hot mess. <laughs> um, even even before the red card, I mean, Will Bruin, Giles Barnes, they were having their way with them. Brad Davis, obviously, as well, doing really well. And it's it was like you said, it was a sl- it was a slump buster. They needed this, absolutely need this kind of performance, build the confidence, get 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 that going. Will Bruin looked really determined out there. Giles Barnes looked really active. And you know what is is it this going to be the spark that turns things around for them? I don't know about that, but. I think it's absolutely what they needed, especially with the stretchy games they have coming up. They play Columbus, they play RSL, they play LA, uh, and then they play DC. So that, that that's a that's a pretty tough uh, month of May that they've got coming up the the rest of May. But now they go into that with a little more confidence uh, heading into Wednesday's game against the Crew. And yeah. you know what, that Crew game, th- you know what, not, this is how good Saturday it was, uh, how good a weekend it was for the Dynamo. Not only do they you know get the slump buster destroyed, Chivas USA. But then Will Trapp gets a red card for the crew against Sporting Kansas City. So now Houston gets to play Columbus without Will Trapp, and I think that's huge for them. And I think Houston, for that reason, I think Houston could end up knocking the crew off. Mm, we'll see, Ivis. 
It's not, hey. it's not MLS preview time yet. Come on, take it easy. Well, it's hey, the, 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 the there's the game. That game's tomorrow, so we should actually be actually you're right. That game is tomorrow. We, we, we should, should preview we, it. We, we, okay, we'll we, preview it then. There's actually two games. You know what? There are three MLS games tomorrow on Wednesday that we should be we should actually preview. Okay, so well, there's a there's the segue. <laughs> okay, well, fine. Ivis Houston at home against Columbus Crew. Can they pull out another victory? I say no. You say yes. Well, I'm right. You're wrong. It's in Houston. They're coming off the big win. They're really confident. Columbus has no will trap. I'm going to go Houston. I'm going to go 1-0 victory. Uh, in the other games, Seattle's at home taking on FC Dallas. I mean, sorry, Dallas. You're, you're running into Seattle, who's just on fire right now. There's just no way Dallas can be able to. You know what? It's yeah. MLS. Watch Dallas somehow pull off a 2-1 victory. That's always what happens. I mean, watch Blas Perez the score like 22 say, goals after the 80th say. minute. The more you say a team has no chance, the more likely they are to win. But, but you know what? But realistically, if, Seattle should take care of business, though. They should. I mean, look, if Dallas can't beat them in Dallas with Mauro Diaz, are they going to do it in Seattle? I don't think so. I mean, I look, Dallas, without Diaz, they're going to have to uh, focus on set pieces and trying to score on set pieces because in the run of play, they're going to struggle. They don't really have that creative force to, to kind of create chances for them. Uh, as we saw against the Red Bulls, you know, they're going to have to re- – and, and Javon Watson as well. What Watson is suspended now mm-hmm. with the red card. So they're going to miss him. So I think from the run of play, I don't know if they're going to ha- they're going to have to rely on Blas Perez and uh, and Fabian Castillo to kind of create their own chances. And I don't know if the, either guy is necessarily good for the, as good for that. I think Marshall will deal with Blas Perez well, and I think Seattle will will look to go after that Dallas defense, which is pretty vulnerable for me. I mean, look, Matt Hedges is solid. He's been you know I think him and Chad Marshall have been probably the two best center backs in the league so far this season. You could you could argue Beasley as well, but. Other than him, though, there's a lot of kind of spare parts in there. You know, Zach Lloyd and, and, and um, Zach Lloyd and Kellen Acosta both injured. Uh, actually, no, Acosta, Zach Lloyd's coming off the red card, so he'll be back. So that that's good for them. But I just don't know if they're going to create any chances. And Seattle, man, it's they're so tough to keep off the board. I think Seattle's going to roll. I yeah. think Seattle, I'll go three one Seattle. Yeah, I mean Seattle's midfield will just walk all over FC Dallas in this one. Another match: San Jose at home taking on the Colorado Rapids. I, you get, I'll take Colorado on this one. San Jose. Uh, mm. Not because I think they're like a better team, but I just think at home they're tough. Short I Colorado, week. I, I think Colorado, they're, they're feeling good about themselves. They're going to be, they're, they're, they're going to go, I think, I don't know. I just think they're going to slip up a bit. But you know what? This is the, this is that kind of game that will, that, that tells you whether or not they're legit. If Colorado is going to be legit, this is the kind of game they need to go win. They need to go on the road and beat a team, a San Jose team that's beatable. If they can get that win without Vicente Sanchez, uh, then that'll say a lot about them and say a lot about Pablo Mastrani and what he can do as far as shuffling all that talent that he has and, and figuring out the lineups. I'm gonna go. I'm still gonna go San Jose. I think San Jose at home they're tough. Wondolowski's gonna, you know, I think he's gonna turn in one more strong performance bef- before he goes off to the training camp. And uh, you know what? I, I think they'll do it. I think I'll, I'll go. I'll go two one. Earthquakes. Also on Wednesday, Ivis, we have the Canadian Championship semifinal round. Toronto at home taking on the Vancouver Whitecaps. I say Vancouver wins this one. Uh, well, this is the first leg because usually it's two. The Canadian Championship is usually two legs. So this first leg's in Toronto. I'm gonna go Toronto, in the, even though even though they just lost to to New England. I think Toronto gets it done. I think Michael Bradley steps it up for the cup tie, and and I think they get the first leg victory. Uh, you know, I'll say two zero Toronto. It is the first leg. The games are uh, this Wednesday, and and then the games are the following Wednesday, uh, on the fourteenth. The other one, FC Edmonton 
hosting Montreal Impact, I want Edmonton to win it. So I'm going to root for them the whole entire rest of the way. <laughs> Why do you want Edmonton to win? Because you know me, man. I always support the lower division teams. I want them. I want them to do well. Uh, that's a, you know what? That's that's fair. Because I would love to see Edmonton in the, in the uh, Concacaf Champions League. I think it'd be awesome. Right. Well, they're they're actually <laughs> in la- they're currently in the last place in the NASL. Those are just so. details. I was DC so, United. Actually, a- DC United was in last place and they won the U.S. Open Cup. Come <laughs> on, man. It's a ba- it's actually a battle of last place teams, I believe, right? Montreal's in last place in MLS so in the Eastern Conference. Oh, it's so. bragging rights. Oh, no, no, who, no, no, who no, is no, literally, who is legitimately the worst team in their league? Oh, ooh, ooh look, storylines in this one too. I don't know if Montreal's the worst team in the league right now. Chivas USA, yeah, as, true. Well, as well as they started, they have not looked good lately. And I, I'd say I'd right now that you know, I, actually, I stay corrected. Montreal is not in last place. Chicago's in last place. They're tied for last place in uh, in the Eastern Conference. Actually, there is a four-way tie on points between Montreal, Chicago, San Jose, and Chivas, all on six points. And I guess you can argue Chivas USA is the worst of those because they played the most games. So, no, folks, Montreal is not the worst team in the league. Technically, they're pretty far down. Uh, but you know what? I still like Montreal to beat Edmonton. Uh, I think they'll they'll handle them pretty easily. Boring. All right, I was time to put a cap on this forty five minute discussion of major <laughs> league soccer. We got to move on and talk, of course, stadium issues. Uh, the Miami Mayor, Ivis, how dare he do this? But it, I mean, I, I still can't believe he did this. But he told David Beckham, I mean, the David Beckham, to look for other stadium sites for his MLS club. Can you believe that? No, I totally can believe it because there's no everyone's against them getting that plot of land. And I was being sarcastic, you know, man. Did you not pick that up? Sorry, man. <sighs> it's late it's, for you. It, that's why it's two in the morning, and your sarcasm is is pretty pretty weak weak quality. Sorry, it's not you know you don't have that rich strong East Coast sarcasm. See, it, this my sarcasm. This works on the West Coast because everyone's just so you know passive aggressive out here. You got that low level sarcasm. Yeah, 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 all right. Well, go ahead, Ivis. Before I, I stole your thunder, so go, I don't even proceed. remember what we're talking about. Uh, so we're talking. Oh, oh, you're so stupid. Thanks, man. <laughs> you're, so, you're so dumb. Uh, we're talking David Beckham and the Miami Mayor telling him to look for I'm a, a new spot. I'm tired of talking spot. about Beckham and his damn bro. You project. wrote this. You, know you wrote this in the pre sheet that we do for the show. So clearly, you wanted to talk about it. I wanted to talk about my weekend. But you want to talk about David Beckham, so no, no one wants to hear about you and your girlfriend going to Bed Bath and Beyond to pick out towels, okay, buddy? Look, Beckham <laughs> is gonna get Beckham <laughs> is gonna get a stadium built. It might not be on the water, it might not be near a beach, but it'll get built, all right? <laughs> Let's just deal with it. You know what? We what part hope, of Jamaica? <laughs> we all hope we all hope that Beckham can get the stadium built by the beach. But you know what? If it doesn't happen, it's okay. They'll get it some they'll it's good for my money, I think they'll find a place to build it in Miami. And as long as it's in a in a in a in a good location that's easy to get to and it's somewhat close to downtown, then then be happy with that. You know, you might not get the storybook location, but at the end of the day, you want to get a stadium built. That's what matters. Yeah, no, you're exactly right. Uh, I'm sure we'll talk more about this, but I'm putting a cap. We're going to we're not going to do another 20-minute conversation all that stuff. So we're going to move on. Ivis, U.S. men's national team. Some interesting news came out over the weekend. It looks like the young Gideon Zalalem is getting his U.S. citizenship. Could we see him at the World Cup? Is there enough time, Ivis? Oh, come on. Nah, <laughs> stop it, stop it, stop it. Could we see him eventually playing for the U.S.? It's, an, it's a possibility. We don't know exactly what's going on. We don't know why he's getting the passport. 
I mean, I guess you get it if you can get it, right? It makes things easier for you travel-wise if you're coming back and forth from the U.S. And obviously, he still has family here. Um, but there's nothing set in stone. He hasn't come out and said anything about who he wants to play for. Um, you know, but it is good news. And you love to see the fact that he's still eligible to play for the U.S. And, you know, the la- when, when last we spoke about Zelenem, he'd been called up by the German U-17 mm-hmm. national team, and, and and he was set to play in some qualifiers. And if he had played in those, he would no longer be able to play for the U.S. because you're only allowed to file one-time uh, uh, switch, one-time switches between federations for federations you have you were eligible for when you were originally capped tied. He was still not eligible to. He was still not eligible for the U.S. He didn't have a citizenship. But he pulled out of that tournament. Now, whether or not he pulled out of that to save his American citizenship, or there was, or it just happened to be lucky for the U.S. that he just happened to have to pull out. Whatever the case may be, the fact is he is not captive. He is, and he apparently is close to getting his citizenship if he hasn't gotten it already. And what that means is, it's still there's still time for the U.S. to get his services to, to land him like they landed Julian Green. Now he's even younger than Green is, right? And he's 17. He's you know, he he hasn't been with the team. Let's not this is not a World Cup 2014 thing, folks. This is a big picture Olympics in 2016, the World Cup in 2018. Uh, you know, uh, from that standpoint, that's what you're thinking about. And I think uh it, it's still great. I mean, the, the you hear positive you hear great things about him. Obviously Arsenal Thinks highly of him. They signed him to a senior contract. Um, you know, he has made an appearance for Arsenal already. So from that standpoint, you know there's some quality there. And and everything you hear is that he is a real talent. Um, but, you know, anyone thinking, oh, he's going to play in the World Cup, I think that's a little crazy, uh, a little premature. Would it be great if he came to the camp? You know, that'd be great. But you already have enough – you already have a hard enough time settling on 30 guys as it is. Like, oh, I know. I, it, what, what, you know, you're already bringing in Julian Green. I think if you bring in another, if you bring in, you know, ZLM, who's a teenager, never been with the team before, I, I, then you're starting to, that's a little bit of a slippery slope. Well, you're, then it, you're stretching at that point. Yeah, then the teams, you know, that could deal with, that could lead to morale issues. That could be, you know, that could have some veterans asking some questions, and and and, and rightfully so. So, you know what? He is more of a long-term project. He is more of a 2016 Olympics, 2018 World Cup option but it's great to hear it's you gotta love that you gotta love the fact that Klinsman is going after these guys and he's more often than not being successful but hey as you said i was or as we both said the world cup is five weeks away right in about 10 weeks we're already preparing for 2018 so you know it, it i mean the process starts just like that it keep you got to keep going man. you always got to be planning for the future if you don't plan for the future then you miss the boat uh, moving over to the Americans Abroad Fund, talking about the present, Terrence Boyd, Ivis, is on fire right now. Scored another goal for his team, did a Cyclops celebration. God, I hope he does that when he goes to the World Cup and scores there. But Terrence Boyd, at this point, Ivis, is just unstoppable, just scoring goals left and right for Rapid Vienna. And, uh, I mean, all of his goals have been quality for them. He's playing out of his mind right now. Yes, sir. Five goals in three matches. What can you say? He's on fire. 19 goals in all competitions. A, a new career high for him. Uh, and uh, you know what? That move to Austria has really worked out well for him. And, and he did have his little slump you know, a few weeks back, but he's obviously com- come out of that completely. And you know what? He looks more and more like the option, like an option for the World Cup. And uh, you know, I always put him on the World Cup team because I, I always saw him as a Josie Altidore understudy. 
and and you really see the quality that he has. And I know some people will say, "Oh, it's Austria. What do you know about Austria? You, you know what yeah, kind of level? Yeah. What kind of level is that? You know." But you know what? He's scoring goals and he's playing with confidence, and he's going to go into that camp confident. And I think you know what? I, I like his chances. I think he will be on the World Cup team. I, I hope so too, man. I mean, I one can only imagine Ivis is if if he does play in the World Cup and he does have a couple good games, goal or two. I mean, God, he could, I mean. You can only imagine where he could make that next jump to for the next league for him. Right. I mean, I think it's fair to say he's going to make a move this summer, right? I think that's going to – he put it in his two years in Austria. He's done really well there. I think it's time for him to make him a step up, whether it's the, to go to the Dutch league or, or you know, maybe back to the Bundesliga. You know, he, he – I think he'll have options. I think he's impressed. Uh, but, again, this World Cup is going to be a big thing. Who know, I mean, who knows if he even plays at the World Cup? I think he will go. Uh, minutes, you know, could depend on what how Jose Altador does mm-hmm. and, and that sort of thing. But – I think he'll be there, and I think you know, as young as he is, his future is still very bright. I agree. Uh, speaking of guys whose future is very bright, Juan Agudelo scored a goal and had an assist. Ivis, his move since he moved over to Europe has been extremely positive. He's putting together uh, a couple good performances. I mean, unfortunately for him, it's just it's it's too much too late. I mean, if he made the move earlier, he could have been a possibility for that camp. But I mean, hey, to have another forward that's in form, you, you never know what could happen. I mean, Juan, he's he's that that move over to the Dutch league, man. It's been it's it's been working wonders for him. It, it was a good move. I mean, I don't know if he's he hasn't really crushed it. I mean, he's had three goals and three assists in fourteen games there, and he's done well. And you know, he finished strong, obviously, with a goal and an assist in his last game. And and you wonder what's next for him. That that obviously everyone's thinking about the World Cup and the training camp squad, and is he going to be on it? And you know, who knows? Maybe with Eddie Johnson's injury, that opens the door for him to go. Um, but the real question is, what's next for him? You know, he is under contract to Stoke City. Uh, they still have to figure out what they're going to do as far as appealing for another uh, appealing for his work permit. He obviously had his appeal rejected last time around, and and the question is going to be: is is three goals and three assists in fourteen games in the Dutch in the Eredivisie enough to get his appeal overturned or his next appeal? Uh, approved, so that that's going to be the big question. Because you know what, if if he doesn't get his appeal, his work permit approved this time around, I don't know what Stoke City is going to do there. You know, I mean, obviously they have him under contract. Do they try to sell him? Do they look for another one year loan somewhere? Uh, that's going to be the big question mark. So I'm curious to see where he ends up. Um, you know, because I, you know, as much as he did show some positive signs in the in the Dutch league, I don't know if that was enough to get his work permit approved next time around. Hopefully it does because you'd like to see him get that chance to play in England and be at Stoke City uh, and hopefully have it be a positive experience and not be like w- what it ended up being or it has been for, for Brett Shea. But it's going to it's gonna be real interesting to see. And who knows, man? Maybe he ends up in the camp because, again, if Eddie Johnson's injured and you figure you go, you got Josie Altador, Aaron Johansson, Terrence Boyd, mm-hmm. Chris Wondolowski. So you got those four. And then you figure Eddie Johnson's one is number five, but if he's injured, Agudelo could absolutely be there. Yeah, I completely agree with you on that one. Speaking of uh, forwards and speaking of England, Josie Outdoor and Sunderland are about to pull the great escape. Somehow they're not going to be sent. I mean, there's a chance, Ivis, they not might not be sent down to the championship. Right now, they are two points ahead of Norwich City. Uh, Josie did play in the game over the weekend, a victory over Manchester United. And for Sunderland, man, if, if they stay up, what a turnaround at the end of the year for them. Oh, they're, they're on fire right now. They've won three in a row. 
They beat they beat Chelsea and they beat Man United. Who saw that coming? I did. Let's didn't be, I say that a couple weeks ago? He definitely. I'm did. pretty sure I said that a couple weeks ago. <laughs> well, but you know, so I mean, they're on fire. They're three in a row, unbeaten in four, and they're in the driver's seat right now. They play tomorrow. They play on Wednesday, uh, and if they win that game, they play West Brom. If they win or tie that game, they're safe. They have they will have achieved safety. And uh, you know what? It's good to see Josie Atsudor getting minutes down the stretch. He played the, the last, you know, was it 20, 30 minutes against Man United in a real big game for them. So that's that that shows you he's done enough to impress Gus Poit, Gustav Poyet to get the playing time in these big matches. And and I saw, you know, I was looking at some pictures uh, after that match, and, and I, I found a picture of Josie Atsudor and, and Poyet kind of sharing a moment and. You know, jo- Josie Altidore had this huge smile on his face, and, and you know they were just celebrating the victory. And winning cures a lot of things, right? As much as I know, Stokes uh, Sunderland fans are still down on Altidore. He's wait, you know, we'll call him a bust of a signing. He's been, he's been awful. He's got one goal in the league, but you know what? If they escape relegation, if they if they survive, if they stay up, uh, that you know, uh, people will 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 maybe look at things a little differently, especially depending on how he does in these last couple games. I mean, if he has a hand in them, if he you know, let's say he scores a goal on Wednesday and they win one one zero, and he scores the goal or he scores the equalizer that keeps them up. I mean that that that's big right there. All of a sudden, you're you know, they, things are looking a little more positive. I actually just finished writing a column that will will drop on Wednesday on Goal.com, uh, asking the question, you know, what happens. What happens to him next, club-wise? And whether or not Sunderland stays up, does Altidore stay um, or does he go? So check that out on Wednesday. That should drop this. Uh, th- that'll be out Wednesday. It might be already be out if you're listening to this in the middle of the night. But it should be out Wednesday morning. And it's uh, it's interesting. It's an interesting thing to look at. Because I know some people will look at it and say, oh, he's only had one goal. He's got to go. There's no way he stays. Gus Poyet doesn't like him. Blah, blah, blah. But you know what? I, I see Poyet the way Poyet's handled him. And I see, Poyet, I see a manager who, you know what, he gives him time when he feels he deserves it, and he doesn't when he doesn't feel he deserves it. And he's he hasn't completely cut the cord on him. And he's played him in some really important games here down the stretch. And I'm sorry. I, I You know what, I, there were other options in a lot of these instances, and but he stuck with them anyway. Um, so that tells me there's still hope for Altidore to stay there. And I know some people will say, why would you want him to stay there? And I think, you know what, I think he's going to want that challenge. I think he's going to want the challenge to come back and show what he really can do. And and I know some people would probably rather if he go back to the Dutch league and keep scoring his 35, 25, 30 goals a game there. But the Premier League is one of the top leagues in the world. You want to be tested against the best. And if he can stay there, why not stay there? He's got a huge contract. That's something else to remember. He's only in the, This is only the first year of a four-year deal where he's making huge money. Uh, you know, so he's not gonna go. He's not gonna like give that up just, just, just because, right? I mean, so I think he could absolutely stay, and we'll see how these two games play out. Because you know what? All of a sudden, if he scores on Wednesday and he scores the winner, and they and they're and they're safe, yeah. And they, he all of a sudden it's like he goes from dozy, you know, dozy Altidore, or, or or you know, or whatever all the nicknames they've come up with. All of a sudden, it's Josie kept us up, you know. So it's funny how that works. So, oh my god. Let, let, Let's keep. Hey, look, look that's how, that's how, honestly, man, that's how the, the way you. No, sorry, people remember this stuff. People, st- you, look, people at Fulham still remember Clint, uh, Clint Dempsey. Dempsey. Oh. I, I know, but the way you said the Josie keeps us up. I sorry, man, the way you said that was well. If he scores, if he, if he, whoever, whoever it is, whoever scores the goal to keep them up. Is oh, for be, sure. They, they're going to be remembered. Oh, so, the, yeah, they're going down in you know club lore, club make, history. Hey, listen, it doesn't make 
his season not a nightmare or not a disaster. It's still look, it's it's been an abject failure in a lot of ways. But he can still salvage something from it. And if if that gives you know what if 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 they stay up and he's a part of it, that in itself can give him some momentum. And I know a lot of people t- worried about him having momentum, him going into the training camp and going into the World Cup with a positive mindset. But you know what? Them and them surviving in the Premier League. I mean, that's something to build on. That's something that w- I think that would give him momentum, especially if he's getting minutes. I completely agree with you, man. I, it, Sunderland, man, what a turnaround for the end of the year. I'm pretty sure I called this, though. Uh, I just <laughs> heading over to Germany. Timmy Chandler started and played 90 minutes in Nuremberg's 0-2 uh, to two loss to Hanover. But uh, Timmy Chandler, man, nice team getting some minutes. Might be called into the U.S. Men's National ca- Team Camp next week. It's going to happen, man. I, I, I just, the more, the, the more, you look at it, the more I think about it. I think he's going to be part of the 30, and, and you know he's going to have that opportunity to test himself against some of these other guys. And, and I, you know what? I would not bet against him. I think he could be that surpri- one of those quote-unquote surprises that's on that 23-man roster. Also, Ivis Joe Jow got some minutes for Hoffenheim. Nice to see him uh, gain some minutes. He's Yeah, tell you what, man. He's slowly, quietly... You know he's gotten some minutes. Finally, broken through with uh, with, with Hoffenheim and and starting to raise his profile. And you know what? It's a little late in the season now, but it's hopefully setting him up for next year and having a bigger role. So, uh, folks in the U.S. will start to hear more about him, see more about him, know more about him, and before you know it, everyone will know how to say his name, right, Garrett? Yeah, I, I said it right. I was. So I, don't, I don't. I don't know what your problem is. Uh, All right. Speaking of young players, uh, t- tough, just and in- terrible news uh, for Josh Gad, who's having another ACL surgery. Um, this is a player, Ibis, that that you know he, he looks like he had a lot of potential, but just his career has been just derailed by injury after injury after injury. So, uh, best of luck in a speedy recovery to him. Yeah, it's unfortunate. It really is. I mean, really good kid, good family, and and his career really got off to such a fast start, such a bright start at such a young age. To go to Norway and win, you know, win a couple of titles there, and and really impress. And, and and you know, before all the injuries, he was really like looking like someone who could be on the fast track to, to moving up in the in the European leagues. And now, obviously, he's had this major setback again. Uh, and all you can do is be patient and let him kind of recover. And let and and it looks like his club team Molde is being patient with him. And it seems like they want him to rest now and look ahead to 2015 and and hopefully be back and 100 percent for then. And that's all you can do. And, and he's he's still a talented player, and it's unfortunate. But he's still young. That's the big thing. He's still young. So he has time to recover and time to get back to his best. Also, uh, speaking of players getting back from their best, Stuart Holden is still in negotiations with Bolton. Right. I mean, it, you like to think something gets done there. Uh, you know, the, everything out of Bolton was that they, they were confident they would they would get something done. Obviously, Bolton really, I think, turned it on in the second half of the season, uh, you know, where early on they were kind of in the relegation zone, or, you know, at one point in the first half of the season, but they really stabilized in the second half and did well. Thanks to player of the year, Tim Ream, obviously. Ooh. But uh, but yeah, so Stuart Holden, I, I, you know what, you like, hopefully he's back, hopefully he's healthy, and and you like to see him hopefully push them towards another run at the Premier League. Uh, heading back over to the American game in the NASL, looks like the New York Cosmos are reportedly linked to Raul Ivis. Possibilities of this actually happening? Well, if you listen to Giovanni Savarisi, uh, it, it is a possibility. It is a real possibility. So 
nothing's done yet. Nothing's finalized, but you know, he was asked about it. Actually, SBI's own Franco Panizo uh, asked him on Tuesday, and, and Savarisi said that you know it is a, it is a possibility. It's something that they're working on. So if you hear that, I mean, that's crazy. That's a, I mean, it's pretty impressive. No other way to say it. Uh, you know, yes, is he an older player? Is he past his prime? Yes, but he's still a quality player. And I can say right now, Raul, if any MLS team was trying to sign Raul, I think that'd be huge news. And, and I think he'd be a huge get. So for the Cosmos to get him, I think that just shows you just how committed they are to trying to build something that goes beyond even their league. I mean, they they they're not they don't they're not they don't want to be confined to just being painted into a you know second division team box. Like they for them, they want to be one of the best teams in North America. And if you go get you know you've already added Marco Senna, who's been great for them. And now you could potentially go get Raul, and I mean that's that's huge for them. Yeah, I completely agree. Uh, this is a bad transition on my part, but heading back over to European soccer, Ryan Giggs played the role of player manager. He played for Manchester United in a win against Norwich City. Ivis Ryan Giggs, man, player manager. I'm loving it. Well, look, obviously it's it's kind of a, a special moment. It's the last home game of the season. It's probably his last game there. Uh, it almost it, it actually it is his last game there. So uh, it wasn't even about the player manager thing so much as the end of an era. And I mean, it, he's been there forever, and it's almost like you can't even remember Manu without him. You, and, and I'm sorry, you know what I was gonna say. Speaking of how you don't, I was I was watching goals of Cantanoa. Uh, uh, I mean, it's hilarious. It's it's cool to see like Ryan Giggs. I mean, he was playing with Cantanoa back in the day. It's funny to see how young he was. At, I mean, he was actually like 20 years old at one time in his life. <laughs> really? No, I mean serious. Like it's just when you talk about his longevity at the club, you know, it, it's just you see him celebrating with so many of these guys that have retired and, and moved on. I mean, it's amazing that he's just he's still playing after all these years. I mean, especially at the level that he's playing at. Right. I mean, not only the longevity, but the fact that he's been with one team for the whole time, and and that that's become more and more rare uh, to have guys like that, guys like him, guys like Javier Zanetti, who's also wrapping up his amazing career at Inter Milan. Uh, guys like Steven Gerrard. I mean, you know, it, it, that that one club player is becoming a real scarcity. Uh, and then when you got guys like, I mean, Giggs and Zanetti. I mean, they they they've been around forever. You, they've always been the jokes about are they even human because they have played at high levels for so so long. Um, and you just, you know what? You have to. Res- you, ha- you can all you can do is kind of just stand up and applaud. The careers that they've had and all and all the beautiful moments that they've provided for fans all over the world and then gigs for me I mean I, I I remember watching gigs when I was a kid I mean, when I was young I mean we're you know it, it's and to see him still getting it done uh, even to this even today even his last game he was still spraying it around like he could still play another year or two unbelievable um, is he ready to be a manager probably not as we saw by their loss to Sunderland. Uh, but hopefully he sticks around. Hopefully Louis Van Hall uh, gives him an assistant coaching role there because you know what Ryan Giggs is so synonymous with Man United that he just deserves to be around. He just deserves to be part of the fabric of that team and, and to, to be there as long as he wants to be there. Uh, some, uh, some some interesting developments in La Liga. Ivis Atletico, as much as their dream season has been going, took a little bit of a hiccup with a big loss this weekend. Real Madrid ties. Um, I mean. Letting go Madrid, man. They they are now they're going to, have to be fighting to win the title this year. Oh, they're still in pole position. Uh, they still have their fate in their hands. Uh, obviously, now 
now they, they you know that game that end of the whoever who whatever the whoever made the schedule up uh you know i don't know if they they would have imagined that letico barcelona as the last game of the season potentially being kind of a decider winner take all uh and unfortunately for barcelona uh ronaldo's amazing back heel back the goal goal awesome. that he scored that equalizer that he scored if he doesn't score that goal all of a sudden that barcelona atletico match could have been for all the marbles it, ab- it absolutely could have been but you know what? They're, Real Madrid is still in play. Real Madrid still has a chance. Atletico does still have their fate in their hands, and you like, you know, you, you can kind of not almost not blame them for for kind of slipping up. I mean, you know, the the hangover of of getting to the Champions League final for a club like that, a club that hadn't been there in so long, you can understand why they if they had a bit of a letdown. And also credit to Killer Navas representing Concacaf, the the, the Costa Rican uh, goalkeeper for Levante. Amazing, amazing performance for them uh, in the upset. Uh, so you like to see that. You, you always like seeing CONCACAF guys represent. Um, but that race, man, it's coming right down to the wire in Real Madrid and Atletico. Not only are they meeting in the Champions League final, but they're going to come right down to the wire for that La Liga title. Uh, moving over to Italy, there was some violence in the Coppa Italia. Uh, a fan was shot, Ivis. That, that's pretty serious developments, man. To, I mean, it's one thing that people fight, but to see someone get shot and had to go to the hospital, I mean, dude, that's 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 pretty serious stuff. Right. I mean, we don't know exactly what happened. I mean, there were all kinds of reports about maybe this was crime driven and it had nothing really to do with the game. And maybe some criminal elements were just taking advantage of of the, you know, the the distractions of of the Coppa Italia itself to to, in order to commit some crimes. So, you know, hopefully it wasn't related to the game. And and I got to say, one of the for me, the one of the, the most kind of impressive moments of that whole thing was, look, Napoli fans were obviously upset. Uh, when they heard it, that one of their fans was shot, and 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 apparently at the stadium, the fans there were really upset, uh, really kind of uh, angry, and and putting and putting on a scene at the stadium. And Marek Hamsik, the cap, the captain uh, of of uh, Napoli, he went in the stands, and he basically told them to calm down. I mean, my credit, all credit to Marek Hamsik. To, to, to do that, I mean, to just have that kind of fortitude to say, go up in there and say, listen, everybody, please calm down. Uh, you know, the best thing you can do is represent, is to support us and we will, we will win this trophy. We'll win it for the fan who got shot. Uh, and and, and that you just you got to stand up and applaud uh, that kind of scene like that. Well, Ivis, that wraps up a very long and very informative and a very worldly SBI show uh, today, man. I think we covered all the bases on this show. I think, you know, I think this is a kind of boring show. I think we need a little more personal stuff oh in here. I think God. we need a Q&A. I know you want to go to bed. But I don't know, man. I think people want to know about us. So I think we need to start talking. I think we need to get to the one-on-one Q&A. I think we, we got to have it. We got to have it. Let's Personally, I, I think people really don't care about what I do in my life. So maybe, uh, maybe uh, you. I mean, you're, I mean, you're more big time than I am. So that, that's probably I think why. Pe- you know what? I think people are entertained. I think it doesn't really matter. And what, what do people want to know? That, that I went shopping at Bed Bath & Beyond this weekend? I mean, I also went to Target and Marshall Home Goods. I mean, that's what I did this weekend. <laughs> I think people want to know about your personal life, man. I think everyone wants to know about uh, what was the name of that place in the Bahamas that you were. Where you were? I was, was that, that was another, that was another lifetime ago. All right, all right. No, I've right. Be, I've become domesticated. I, I bring my lunch to work now. I you know I cook at my house every night. The house is th- clean. Do you have a thermos? Uh, no, we do not. <laughs> Okay. All right. I have become domesticated, though, man. Just like right. that. It's 
That's how it happens, my man. So it happens. It's not that bad, but like it's weird though. Can't be a wild stallion forever. I know, and I and I, I want to throw a rager, you know. And she's like, "Oh, you can't <laughs> throw a rager." It's all right, man. All star game. That's uh, Portland. We'll get. We'll, we'll we'll do it up. I thought of a good theme. The theme was gonna be like you know soccer pros and wags, and she's like, "I don't find wags to be funny." I was like, "Oh God." <laughs> It's all over, Ivis. It's all yeah. over. You still have the SBI show. I, you can live vicariously through our, our listeners. I, I, there are, <laughs> I do work with some single guys that I'm like, tell me what you did this weekend. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what we're going to start doing. <laughs> Instead of ask the SBI show, we're going to do hashtag, hashtag uh, what did you do this weekend? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> tell SBI show what you did this weekend. Yeah, exactly. Uh, how's your weekend, dude? Uh, it was all right. You know what? A lot of a lot of watching soccer. Funny enough, uh, uh, the last few weeks there haven't been any games uh, in Philly or New York, so I've, I've been able to. While that's you know, on one hand you like going to games live, but on the other hand, you know, when when there's no games in the area, I just sit back in in, in the SBI control room and watch every single game. You know, at one point I had like four games on at once. It's great. You know, just to see all the games and uh you know just really be able to keep track of things i'll probably be in philly this weekend for philly dc um it's either that or chicago new york it's a coin toss but i, I kind of got to go with the derby i think that's going to be a good matchup so uh and obviously you know it's a big game for philly so and and dc so it's a good chance to see those guys and maybe eddie johnson see if he comes back so. yeah all the games are at the worst times this weekend man i wanted like a sunday afternoon game Ugh, there was none I just, you know what? What I, what I really wish, what I really wish, was that schedule makers, the these MLS schedule makers, would put in more time between Philly and New York games. Because if you're going to have them separate, if you're not going to have them at the same time, then have them at wide enough time so that you can go to both if you want, right? I mean, have have like Philly, have Philly New York, have Philly DC at like 3 p.m. and then have the New York Chicago game at 7:30 p.m. Because that's perfect. Because that's you know basically I want them to make the schedules just for me so I can see both games. That's mm-hmm. all I'm asking. That's all I'm asking for. Yeah, it's not. I mean, that's not that much, is it? It's not. What's that? You're not asking for that much. I'm not asking for a lot. I just, you know, I don't have. A, unfortunately, I don't have a helicopter like Don Garber, you know, where I can just fly in and out and. and or get... or or Jurgen Klinsmann. <laughs> well, you know what? I, can, I should ask Jurgen. <laughs> I'll ask Jurgen to fly me. Maybe he's, you know, maybe he's actually taking that trip. So you know what? Maybe I should I should hit him up and see if he has room in his helicopter. Yeah, maybe you should. Get to the chopper. <sighs> Then you could have some epic video of you walking out doing a thumbs up, you know. That'd be great. There you go. I yeah. have, like, top, top Gun track suit on. Aviator did, glasses. Did, did you see? I, I think I saw somewhere that they're making Top Gun 2. Did you see that? I did not. That's a li- Really? I, I'm serious. I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to type that up right now. But I was like, no. Why? Why? Yeah, I mean, you know what? Well, I get. I mean, what, Tom Cruise will be the instructor. Is that what's? Is that, is that is that what they're gonna go for? I don't know. I mean, I'm gonna okay, right here. It I, okay. I, this is what I saw. It says Top Gun Two will feature Tom Cruise versus drones. Says Jerry Bruckheimer. No. Thank you, Jerry Bruckheimer, for sucking. Ugh. Why? Why do you need uh, Top Gun Two? Yeah, but you know what? Look at the date on that story. Mm, what was the date? I'm looking this up. April first. April first. Okay, it's like a month ago. Uh, what is April first? Oh, April Fool! Oh, wow, I'm stupid. <laughs> I guess I better keep this in the show. Uh, yeah, you got to keep it in the show now. Crap. I mean, I don't know if that was an April Fool's joke, but it, the timing is a little. Ah, uh... uh, you know what? Maybe it is true. I don't know because it's on IMDb. So. Ah, so maybe they. That's just yeah. And unless, maybe I'm not stupid. I hope. <laughs> well. Uh, 
That's debatable. That but yeah, debatable. no, it'd be good. <laughs> Top Gun 2. I would not mind it. I would not mind Are it. Are you serious? <sighs> what is wrong with you? As long as it has some elements of the original. Like what? No, well, Tom Cruise is Like what, the fire. volleyball beach scene? You want you want that in it? <laughs> volleyball <laughs> by the beach. <laughs> yeah, I feel like we need a beach reference in this. <laughs> I, 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 at work the other day, I was watching this, and some guy comes up from behind me. He's like, dude, that movie's awesome. I was like, thank you. That's all I could watch. There's that minute scene on YouTube. Just type it in. Yes, half-baked. <laughs> I have to go watch that now, actually. Now Which that one, that scene or the movie? The movie. I, I, keep, I don't know if it's on Netflix, but one of these one of these days I'll watch it. I wonder if it is on Netflix. I, right? By the way, speaking of movies, this is, since we're, we're ranting, rambling now, I am irrationally excited about Godzilla. I just want to say... Oh, I dude, I, I, I agree. I just want to... I don't know why. I don't know why. But this movie, I can't remember being so pumped up for a movie as much as I am for this Godzilla movie. It's irrational. I don't even understand it. I mean, I, I get it on the level like... I was got when I was a kid, man. Godzilla was was it, right? When I was a kid, God, the Godzilla movies were like it was all about Godzilla. So now, I guess that's been buried in my brain for like 25, 30 years, and all of a sudden now seeing these like jazzed up modern CGI Godzilla trailers, and then you got you know Brian Cranston yes. there, you know Walter White thing it's like it, it, I, I can't wait i can't wait he, he, you see when i saw the preview all he could think was the godzilla movie with matthew matthew broderick that was just like crap uh, was that like oh. godzilla 2000 or something like that i, I re- actually i rewatched that recently it it is horrible it is one of the worst movies probably ever made but very, I'm, I'm, very, i agree i'm watching the trailer for the new godzilla and like you know ken watanabe is in it i mean dude he's an awesome actor if you've ever seen the last samurai that movie is money and then like i see brian cranston in godzilla i was like oh yes if brian cranston is in godzilla and has to be good. He may, exactly. He makes it. He makes it legit because yeah. he's, he's, he's Walter White, so he makes it automatic. I, you know, I recently forced my girlfriend to watch. Bri- I can't believe, crap! I just violated the rules by mentioning the significant other. But I, <laughs> I, I, I forced her to watch Breaking Bad with me. So for, we're starting from the beginning. So we, we watched the first episode tonight. I, I did, uh-huh. The show. So I cannot wait to rewatch the whole show again. Hopefully, she, hopefully she stays committed to it because I can tell you it's not easy. I got, I tried to to get the wife to to watch and we we got into a, we got about three episodes in and it was it just didn't happen. So, you know, what can you do? I try try another show. I don't. I guess uh, we have our show. I have my. You know, we have we have enough shows we watch together. But then you know, there's going to be a few shows that they don't. You know what? There's nothing wrong with having your own shows that you watch. Like for me, you know, Game of Thrones, The Americans, The uh, Walking Dead. Those are my those are my shows. Yeah, what is, when is Walking Dead coming back? I need more zombie. Dreams. Oh, it's a while. I think it's like October. It's gonna be a while. So, but yeah, no, there's another, there's plenty to watch. So, uh, you know, so when you're not waiting for uh, the SBI show, uh, you can always watch all these 55 shows that we watch. Uh, let's see here. Um, it says Walking Dead will be back in October. Crap, we gotta wait till October. That sucks. Yeah. So we won't do a one-on-one Q&A today. We'll save that for the next show because this is already the longest show in history. Yeah, that's fine, I guess. <laughs> well, okay, maybe not longest ever. Pretty long. Uh, not the longest, but it's pretty long. All right, I was well. You know what? That, that's a that's that's a good note to wrap up the show on. So, man, I'll let you get some sleep. You and I will be back later this week previewing MLS Week Ten and talking everything uh, American soccer and world soccer on the SBI show. Yes, sir. And once more, if you haven't, if you haven't yet, please 
Give us some reviews on iTunes. Uh, we, we, we've gotten, I think we got at least one, one, one review off the last show. But if you get a chance, definitely do us the favor and, and give us a review. Whatever you feel we deserve, whether it's five stars or five stars, you can give us, uh, you can give us as many as you want. But just help us out with the reviews. Because uh, as far as I know, I think maybe that helps our rankings in the uh, our ranking in the sports blog category. We're, we're you know I think we're, I, I don't I feel like we haven't cracked the top two hundred in a month because of that because we haven't gotten any reviews. Dude, I, I, don't, I don't even know how that stuff works. I don't know. I, I, all I iTunes remember, doesn't even monitor that stuff. All I remember is that when we started the show, we were we like did, four. We were number time. six in the country, like for like a day. We started out at number six in the country, and then and after that, it's been just you know we haven't been able to break in there. And it, you know, I, I think I don't think I don't think it would matter as much as, if not for the fact that I see some shows that are on there, and I'm like, really, like why in the world is that show ranked? Like, not to hate on anybody, but there's, there's some suspect shows in the two, top 200. I'm just gonna put it out there. Uh, I think every show in that top 200 list deserves to be there, so I don't know what you're talking <laughs> about. <laughs> maybe 190 of them, but not all 200. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. I'm not going to name it in here. Uh, okay, well, I'll, I'll, I'll take the high road on this one. <laughs> I was. All right, dude. Well, uh, you get some sleep, man. I'll talk to you later this week, all right? Sounds good. And as always, everyone, thank you for listening. This is The SBI Show. Your own. Is it, is it real, real?